I'd like to welcome you to this week's episode of Read Together Podcast. My name is Jake Heron. I'm a pastor at East Stone Gap United Methodist Church in Big Stone Gap, Virginia. And if you've never been to Big Stone Gap, it's up in the mountains in southwest Virginia. And we have a lot of bears, a lot of deer, a lot of animals all around. It's a beautiful place. I want to encourage you to come up here and check it out if you have an opportunity someday. But I wanted to begin today by letting you know we'll be talking about James chapter 1. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't read it yet, to go ahead and pause this podcast and then go and read it. And when you come back, we can continue on. But I want to start today with a story about my dad. My dad worked for the Forest Service. And one of the things that he would do is he would go out in the woods and he would take measurements of timber stands. And then through that, they would be able to sell the timber or plan out their prescribed burns, do all the kinds of things and managing the forest that the U.S. Forest Service would do. So one of the days, Dad was out, and he was walking a ridge doing the timber stand, and he looked over across the two more ridges, and he saw way out in the distance a big black bear. Now, if you've ever been out in the woods when there's a bear, you know that bears are very territorial. So my dad, he started getting nervous, and he looked out, and he saw that bear. He watched the bear, and at first he was thinking, you know, well, it'll wander on off. But he kept watching the bear, and guess what the bear started doing? It started circling. And so he watched it as it started walking the ridge and circling and circling and circling. And each time it would circle, the bear would draw closer and closer and closer. And so my dad did the only thing he could. He pulled out his giant buck knife. He climbed in the top of the tallest tree that he could find. He got his knife out, and he was ready, and he started to pray. And that bear circled, and he circled, and he circled. And my dad prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and a bear came all the way up to his tree because one of the things about bears is they have impeccable sense of smell. And so he came all the way up to dad's tree, and dad was in the top of the tree just praying and praying. And he looked down at the bear, and the bear reached up as high as he could and scratched the tree. And the whole time, dad's holding his buck knife, and he's praying and he's praying because one of the things about bears is they are fantastic climbers. And finally, the bear reached up, and he got done scratching, and he reached down, and then he began to wander off. And he wandered away, and dad knew at that moment that indeed his prayers had been answered. And that relates us back to verse 6 in our scriptures today, where James writes, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. And so when you hear those scriptures, that relates to what my dad did, because when he was praying for that bear to walk away, he believed in his heart that the Lord would answer his prayer, that indeed the bear would leave him alone, and the Lord did answer his prayer. But imagine how he would have felt up there if he would have had all that doubt that James tells us not to have in the scriptures today. Imagine how different this whole experience would have been if he had doubted that God would hear him or that God would respond. But the great news is that dad fully believed, fully trusted, and didn't doubt. And indeed, the Lord answered, and that bear walked away. And what James really wants us to see here in verse 6 is that when we doubt, we're like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. How many of you have ever been out in the ocean and there's been some big waves? Maybe there was a storm or maybe you're swimming at the beach and there had just been a storm. I tell you, if you ever go to the beach and there's just been a storm, the the sand just stings as it blows across you and the waves are pretty, pretty, you know, crazy because they get blown by the wind and they crash everywhere. 
And as you look at those waves, you can realize what James is talking about here. That if we doubt, we're like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. The sea responds to the way the wind blows. As the wind blows, the waves move. They, they respond. They don't fight the wind. They blow right with it. And so James wants us to be sure that we're not like that. He wants us to know that we must always trust and believe. We must always know that the Lord will hear us and will respond to our prayers. And when we do, then like verse 7 says, if we doubt, then we shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. We're double-minded and unstable in all that we do. But instead, I mean, because if we doubt, what's the point in praying? If we doubt that God's going to answer, if we doubt that God's going to respond, if we doubt that God hears us, then what's the point in praying? There's no point. And so what James wants us to know is that we can't be double-minded like that. When we pray, we have to believe and trust that God will respond. And when he does, he fulfills the expectations we have when we go into prayer. Those who pray without thinking that God's going to respond or those who pray and doubt God's going to respond, then they're double-minded. They have no expectations. They're praying for no reason. And at the same time, Paul, uh, James wants us to know here that we must remember that God is always with us. And the good news comes in verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And that's wonderful news, because that helps us to know that when we have experiences, when we go through trials and we persevere, we'll receive this crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And what we see there is, I think, to me, it seems like James is relating back to experience that Jesus had. Because in the beginning, you know, Jesus was doubted by his own brothers and sisters, James included. But what we see here is that James is talking about the perseverance. And I think he's relating it back to the perseverance that Jesus went through. And the way that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the disciples kept falling asleep on him. And how that he was driven so much into grief, so much into knowing the trials to come, that he literally sweated blood. But in the midst of that pain, in the midst of that sorrow, in the midst of that disappointment, he continued to persevere in all that he knew that he was called to do for the kingdom. And in the midst of that perseverance, he has that crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That same crown that we can experience if we persevere in the midst of our trials. And then that takes us back to verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because that you know the testing of your faith produces this perseverance we've been talking about. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So what we're told there is that we should experience joy in the trials that we face. That God gives us this opportunity in the midst of our obstacles, in the midst of our trials, to experience his joy. And it's sort of like going deer hunting. Me and my brother, whenever he comes into town around Thanksgiving, we try to go deer hunting every year. And one year we were sitting in a deer blind together and we were watching for deer all morning. And all of a sudden where the deer blind is set up, it's in the woods, but there's this game trail that goes right beside it. And all of a sudden I'm looking out on that game trail and I see this big, perfect doe. Then I was just thinking about the wonderful venison and venison jerky that she would provide for us. And so I'm watching her walk down this game trail. 
And I nudged my brother, and he had a dough stamp, so he was the only one that could shoot the dough. So he pulls out his gun, and he's watching her the whole time. And I've got my ears covered, my fingers on my ears, and I'm waiting on the blast from his rifle. I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. And she walks perfectly profile. Now, if you ever do any deer hunting, there's two main ways you want to try to get the deer. The two main views before you pull the trigger on your bow or your gun. And that's profile where she's standing sideways towards you or quarter away where you see the her front foreleg, you see the back side of it. That's the two best shots that you want. So she walks up profile to us and I'm waiting for that shot and I've got my ears plugged and she's just 20 yards away and he never pulls the trigger. She walks on down the game trail. He never pulled the trigger. I couldn't believe it. She walked on down. I said, Paul, what are you doing? Why didn't you pull the trigger? He said, I never had a shot. What happened was when she got to the point where he could take the shot and she was profile, there was a tree between him and her. He could not get the shot he wanted. But even though we didn't take a shot the entire time we were there, even though we didn't take that shot and had that perfect view, we still had so much joy. We had so much fun. We loved every minute of it because we were just together. We were experiencing the joy of being outside. If you've ever been outside before dawn rises and then you experience all the animals come awake and the sun comes up and it's cold and you have that moment where you know that dawn has come. I want to encourage you to go out and experience that if you never have. But in the midst of all of that sadness of not getting any deer, we still had this amazing, joy-filled time together. We still had so much fun. And so we had joy in the midst of our trials. And that was the trials of not getting any deer. And so God encourages us to persevere. And I think James experienced perseverance for himself as well. Because he saw what his brother Jesus had gone through. And then, you know, James was not a, a believer. He had his own doubts about Jesus in the beginning. But after experiencing all that Jesus did for us, and after experiencing the resurrection and all those many things, the appearances, we see that Jesus indeed helped James become a follower. That James became a dedicated follower of Jesus and he persevered through his doubt, he persevered through his fear, and he became a follower of Jesus, one that ended up writing an important writing, the book of James for the early church and for us today. So I want to encourage you today to persevere. I want to encourage you today to find joy in the midst of your trials. I want to encourage you today that when you pray, you must believe and not doubt. And let's keep from being like waves of the sea blown by the wind. And when we can pray without doubting, when we can pray in expectation, then indeed we will receive from the Lord. And that's the key for today. Persevere and pray. Believing that God will answer. Believing that God will deliver us in the midst of our trials. Believing and knowing the truth that God is with us that he suffers alongside us, and that he loves us more than we could ever fathom. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for those who are listening, and we ask, Lord, that you would help us to always persevere in our faith, to always find joy in you, to always experience the grace that you offer us so freely, so unconditionally, the grace that you call us to accept and to live fully into. We thank you, Lord, for enabling us to persevere through whatever obstacles we face with your strength, with your power, with your hope. 
And we ask that you would just continue to help us to know that when we pray, you do listen. When we pray, you do answer. When we pray, you do respond. Because you are our loving Father. You are our God that intimately knit us in the womb. You are our God that loves us so much that you would come to earth and die and rise from the dead so that we can be forgiven, so that we can transform the world through you, and so that we can spend eternity with you in heaven after we die. Remind us of this always as we go through trials, tribulations, and sorrow. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. I hope you have a wonderful week.